Well, it was a bit of a rough night trying to settle the kids down, trying to settle ourselves down too. We were still feeling that jet lag, trying to get to sleep at one in the morning. Finally, it happened. I don't know at what time, but when I woke up, I was thinking, oh boy, it must be at least 10 o'clock in the morning now, 10.30. I roll over, look at my phone. It was 12.45 in the afternoon, and we were all just starting to rally. By the time we actually woke up, and we're ready to head out. It was at least 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, you might recall from yesterday that the plan today was to go to the Eiffel Tower and then to go check out the Museum of Chocolate and then see what else we could get up to after that. Well, it was pretty clear that plans had to change because we were down to limited time and certainly limited daylight. Eiffel Tower, of course, was still the number one priority, so that's where we headed first. We took the metro a couple different lines from where we were, a couple changes, and the neat thing is that when you cross the River Seine just before the stop at Champ de Mars, Tour Eiffel, you cross actually out in the open, it goes over a bridge, and as soon as it comes out of that tunnel before the bridge, you look over to your left, there's the Eiffel Tower right in front of you. The kids were blown away. We get to the station, walk down the stairs, a couple blocks over, and there we were. It was right in front of us, towering over our heads. Well, a lot's changed since the last time I was there, 11 years ago. Back then, you could still basically wander without any restrictions right underneath the tower. There was the ticket booth, of course, over to the side, but the whole thing was wide open. Well, not anymore. Probably it's been quite a few years. There's a barrier that goes around the entire site underneath and kind of around the pylons of the tower with, of course, security checkpoints, so you can't get in to that area under and around the tower until you go through the security. You can do that for free, and it really wasn't a big issue, but it was certainly a big change from the last time we were there. Now, we considered going up, at least I did. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it would be a surprise, and of course, one valuable lessoning, I suppose you could say of parenting in general, certainly while we're traveling, is to not make any promises. We never told the kids we were going to the Chocolate Museum, so we didn't set them up to be disappointed. They had no idea. And it was the same with the tower. I, of course, they did ask about that. Oh, are we going to go up to the top? And I said, well, we'll see. We may not have time. It may be kind of cold and rainy and windy. We'll see. The interesting thing is that I did look up going to the Tour Montparnasse, which is not too far away, a place I've never been, where you certainly get a great view. It actually costs a bit more to go to the top of the Tour Montparnasse than it does to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. It's only a couple euros difference, but still, it's actually cheaper. It's For the family of four here, for us, it would have been uh, roughly 50 euros to get the four of us to the top of the tower, whereas uh, Montparnasse would have been 54, 55 euros. So that was interesting, but when we got to the Eiffel Tower, there were signs all over the place saying the summit was closed for the day, possibly for the day. Actually, I'm not sure about that. The tower's under quite a bit of work. They're preparing for the Summer Olympics that are coming next summer to Paris. So, of course, one of the big things they want to get nice and shiny is the Eiffel Tower. They're doing all kinds of repainting. They're fixing one of the elevators. There's netting and a bit of scaffolding around. That might be why the top is closed, and if that's the case, it could be closed for weeks or months. Now, it was also a very windy day, not terribly cold, at least by our standards, but that may have had something to do with it if it was quite windy and unpleasant. You could go up to the second platform, but we couldn't have gone any higher than that anyway. So given that we will be back in Paris at the end of March, again, we'll see how things go, see what the weather's like, but fingers crossed maybe that's the time we can take the kids right up to the top. 
So we started to walk down the Champ de Mouse. It's the big, big park that stretches out behind the tower where you get beautiful views and looking back. Found a couple nice benches, took a break. We'd been quite a bit of walking already, so we were very careful about that. And at this point, we were getting quite hungry. We'd had a bit of breakfast in our apartment, but we didn't really have a meal. And we figured, well, it's gonna, we're going to try to save ourselves for dinner. But we were really quite hungry in the middle of the afternoon. So we were into kind of a residential commercial area between Champ de Mars and this Invalide, a place with a fair number of restaurants, cafes, etc. So, you know, we were on the lookout for something that was both relatively affordable, decent value, maybe even something for the kids. And it didn't take long. There was a little restaurant we found. It was called Le Roussillon. What attracted me was a sign inside the window. It said, children's special, five euros for two crepes and a soda water with the grenadine syrup you know, where it turns all red. And of course, it's very sweet. For five euros each. Hey, that's pretty good. It wasn't very busy and there's lots of space and uh, decent menu otherwise. So that's where we went. That was kind of our mid-afternoon lunch. And I had the coq monsieur. I really had the coq madame. <laughs> all in all, it was a nice pause. Oh, we had beautiful coffee too. It was just a, I mean, typical French uh, coffee, you know, a cafe noir. But it was freshly roasted. Wonderful. Just wonderful. And all of that came to around 40 euros. That's pretty good for Paris. So at this point, it was time to make some decisions, to figure out what we're going to do next and how to fill out the rest of the day. At this point, it would have been roughly 4.30, 5 o'clock. The kids still had some energy. And I did have an idea in the back of my mind, which is that we would take the metro over to the Tuileries, the gardens in front of the Louvre. I had shown them pictures of the Louvre pyramid. It'd be fun to sort of that, of course, in person. We wouldn't go in the Louvre, but at least we'd walk around. But then, of course, it'd be nice to go over the Pont Neuf and see some a nice view of the city, ending up at Notre Dame, seeing what that looks like. This was the plan, but that involves quite a bit of walking. And I was very careful of uh, the energy levels and how much we were going to have to push the kids if we did that. And this is where the challenge comes. You know, when you're a parent traveling, you want to see things and do things too. How do you find that balance? What's interesting here in Paris, of course, is this a lot of things that I have seen already. But I love going back to places. I love seeing places that are familiar, seeing how they've changed, and just kind of knowing where to go, like, and rekindling memories, you know, of, of places that I've been in the past and, and remembering those trips. So I really do like going back and seeing places again. And with that in mind, I was picturing walking across, well, basically everything I was just saying, that, that plan or all places I've been, I was picturing doing all that, walking across the Pont Neuf. There's a big statue of uh, the King Henri IV on the horseback. And I remember standing there twice, even in previous trips. And so I was thinking, it'd be really nice to go back there, show it to the kids. You get a wonderful view. You're right in the middle of the river. This past summer, I read a wonderful book. I highly recommend if you're interested in Paris. It's called Seven Ages of Paris by Alistair Horne. It was written in 2002. It takes you all through the journey of Paris when it was founded as a little village on the Ile de Cité there, right in the middle of the Seine, and how, of course, it expanded out from there. It was variously conquered and retaken and grew and grew and became more influential. It's a really neat book. It goes right up to the late 19th century. So I had this in the back of my mind as we were looking around in places, again, I've seen before, but now to see them in reflection of having read that book. And then, of course, well, look, if we didn't get to any of these places, when would we be back again? We could have more time at the end of March if we come back to Paris a few days early, but come on, I've been to Paris four times. I haven't seen a lot more of the outskirts of, uh, of Paris in the French countryside, so maybe we'll take a few days to rent a car and do that and explore some around Normandy and some of the other areas of France. I mean, surely we should rather do that instead of seeing Paris, the same places I've already seen. 
I mean, maybe Emily and I, we could pop over sometime in the future, you know, sans enfant for a quick few days. As we discovered, it's a fairly easy, straightforward flight from Montreal. But hey, if we're going to do that, I mean, have the chance to travel just the two of us for a few days or a week, we're going to go someplace new. We're going to see something we haven't seen before. So with that in mind, here we are in Paris. Are we going to go revisit some sites and see as much as we can? Or just do the best that we can, given how much time we have. It was now starting to get dark, very conscious of the kids and their energy and interest. The best thing we could do is appreciate what we already had. Hey, we are here in Paris. We've seen the Eiffel Tower. We've been to Sacré-Cœur already. We will see something else today. Do what makes the most sense for everybody. We just can't push the kids too hard. So we got back into the metro and then over to the uh, air train that goes along the side of the Seine on the uh, left bank. My idea was to go to a station called Saint-Michel-Notre-Dame, and that's right across the river, a, a quick two-minute walk, and they would be right there at Notre-Dame, and we could see how much that has changed. Once we got onto the train, right away it said on the sign, the station Saint-Michel-Notre-Dame is closed for repairs. Ugh. We were already on the train. It was too late to get off. Well, we got to go somewhere. If we got off the train before, you'd be at the Quai d'Orsay, and that would involve quite a long walk to get to the Ile de Cité and on from there. If we kept going to the next station, it was the Gare d'Austerlitz, and from there we'd really have to backtrack via metro to get to where we wanted to go, the Ile de la Cité. So to avoid too much walking, that is what we did. We went to Gare d'Austerlitz, and then we had to change to one metro line, go back a few stations, change to another metro line, and then go a couple more stops, and then we got out onto the Ile de Cité. So it did save some walking, and it was a bit of a metro adventure, but longer than we had planned, for sure. Once we got out onto the street, again, the question, where are we going to go? Are we going to try to see Notre Dame? Is there really much to see these days, or can we see something else? The kids wanted to see the Eiffel Tower lit up at night, for sure. Now, we are a bit further away from it, but I knew from Pont Neuf, you could see the city and the domes and uh, the tower not too far down the river, which would be a great experience and a wonderful view. So that's what we did. We walked along the river a few hundred meters and we get to the Pont Neuf, which the kids love. If you've been to the Pont Neuf, there are these kinds of cubby holes as you walk across the bridge on both sides that are like stone benches that stick out as like pylons of the bridge. So it's you can sit on those benches, you can climb up, you can look down on the river and get a nice view. The kids, of course, wanted to go into every single one. <laughs> so that took us across the Pont Neuf. But we did see the Eiffel Tower, the beautiful view. And at this point, we had one final destination in mind. If you're in Paris, especially with kids, you're looking for something wonderful to do that's free, that's a great hit, go to the Centre Pompidou, home of perhaps the world's greatest escalators. <laughs> Once you get into the building, it's free to get in, and there's a huge atrium, there's toilets and everything that you need. But then you can take the escalators, which of course go up the outside of the building. I mean, they're protected, but that's the whole uh, idea of the Centre Pompidou, which is why it was famous slash infamous for, depending on your perspective. But they put all of the machinery, the ducts, the pipes, and, and the escalators, the elevators, on the outside of the building, so that the museum space inside would have as much space as possible so it's very innovative as everybody knows it stands out it's kind of tacky some might call it an eyesore some might say hey it's a modernist take on Paris to have this wacky building right in the middle of this beautiful old Art Nouveau architecture but it is a pretty cool building and it's free it's free to go up to the top to basically the roof level you go up five sets of escalators 
gradually getting higher and higher and you're getting above the roofs of the city and then of course you can see everything coming out ahead of you once you get to the top it's a long corridor along the entire length of the building you can see sacre Coeur out there in the distance you can see la defense of course there's the eiffel tower the Pantheon and the Invalides, and then we could see Notre Dame. I mean, it was night, but there was quite a lot of light. It was floodlit as they're doing the reconstruction there. So it's an amazing site. If you want to do something that gives you that free view, and it's basically as good as pretty much any view you could see if you were at Notre Dame or Sacré-Cœur or any of these places. It's not as high as the Eiffel Tower, of course, but it is a great view to go up to Centre Pompidou, and it's free. So that was a hit, and then at the top of the hour, the flashing lights and the Eiffel Tower come on. Again, it was a bit of a distance away, but we had a great view of it. We hung around a few minutes at the top of the building because we knew that they would turn on at 8 o'clock, and sure enough, they did, and they'd flash and twinkle and do their thing for five minutes. It was a big, big hit with the kids and a great way to cap off the evening. After that, it was back to the metro and a fairly long trek back to our apartment. We got some pizza first and then came back. Now, I remember yesterday I was talking about how to get around by metro and what kind of passes to get. Well, in the end, we figured because we're going to be taking enough trips and we're going to be coming back at the end of March, it was worthwhile to buy the actual transit card. It's the plastic card, the Novigo card, which costs two euros. We had to buy four of them. But when you do that, you can buy the pack of 10 tickets, 10 for adults, 10 for kids, which the kids are already half price. And when you buy the pack of 10, you get another 25% off. So it actually works out quite well, and of course it'll still be valid in uh, two and a half months when we come back. Now one thing you have to watch out for, despite that, is that not every connection is included in a ticket, whether you buy an individual ticket or have the pack of 10 or anything like that. If you have an unlimited pass, that'd be different. But if you're going ticket by ticket, see we took the metro of quite a few stops to get to a tram line, which is different from the metro, different from the RR, it's a tram, it's like a streetcar. That was our transfer to get back to another station where we were then much closer to our apartment. Well, even if they say that the metro and the tram are connected, they may be connected, but they're not included in the same ticket. So I had a feeling that was the case. When we come out of the metro, of course, you're out. You're out of the system. You have to cross the street and go over to the tram platform and get onto the tram. At this point, it's the honor system. You know, you're supposed to scan your pass, your card, whatever you have to validate the ticket. They rarely check it. I'm sure they do from time to time. I tried mine just to see what would happen if it would deduct another ticket, and sure enough, it did. And that meant, in turn, we had to change back to the metro later on to get, as I say, closer to our apartment. That cost another ride. So instead of it costing one, it would have technically cost three, which it did for me because I scanned mine on the tram. Now, that's okay. That's how you learn these things. It's uh, an extra four euros, I guess you could say. But it is good to know if you're planning to navigating around Paris here, just what things are connected because they don't make that very obvious. It's a good rule of thumb. Aside from the metro to RER, if you're within the city limits, they're very clear that's connected. But otherwise, it most certainly won't be. So you will have to pay an extra ticket. So at this point, the challenge is for tomorrow, figuring out how to plan our meal as we get towards lunchtime and catching our train to Avignon, which will be around 12.25 in the afternoon. Even the train recommends that you bring food with you. So that's our plan now. We could, we thought, well, maybe we can go to a restaurant beforehand near the Gare de Lyon. But not only would that be expensive and probably rip off, we're going to have our massive backpacks. And in Paris, I mean, they're wonderful restaurants, but they're quite tight. And even the restaurant we went to today, we didn't. We just had one little backpack. We could barely squeeze in there. We would never get into one of these restaurants with our massive backpacks. So that kind of rules out going to a restaurant in the first place. 
but maybe it's just as well. We'll go to one of the little grocery stores. There's sandwich shops and other things, cafes in the train station. That's to keep us going as we get onto the train. And, of course, it's remarkable. It's only about three hours something from Paris all the way down to the south of France in Avignon. From there, we'll uh, be pretty close to the city center of Avignon, and um, we'll see what the rest of the day brings in terms of having enough time there. But all in all, it's been a good day. We feel much more acclimatized. We're going to get one more night here of good sleep, and then I think we'll be firmly on Central European time and uh, ready to keep going. So that was our adventure today. The kids had a great introduction to Paris, and we realized as parents, you know, I mean, it's fortunate that we've been here before, but we really are traveling and seeing Paris this time through their eyes. Everything from metro trains and funny sounds, of course, the police sirens, things like that, the flashing lights, the beautiful buildings, funny statues, all kinds of things, you know, that we may or may not notice as adults, but as kids, for sure, they really point out the things that we may not even notice at all. And that's what's so fun about traveling with kids. So it's been fun. It's been a great joy to see that already. And we'll have lots more to see over the coming days. So I'll be talking to you tomorrow from Avignon. À demain.